Welcome to Cowgirl Artists of America's podcast, a podcast dedicated to Cowgirl artists. I'm your host, Megan Wimberly, and today I'm talking with Brittany Colt and Sean Reeder, who are both professional photographers who recently were based out of Yosemite, but are now in Bishop. Sean's been in Bishop a little bit longer, but we're going to talk to them about what goes into photography and about their new venture in life as a couple and in business. Welcome Hi, to everybody. the podcast. <laughs> Hi. Hello. Brittany, tell us a little bit about how you got started in photography. It goes back to when I was 10 years old. I started out with a film camera and then when I was 18 I bought my first DSLR and sooner than I knew it I was getting hired to do work and weddings and that's how basically I got into photography and it wasn't until I moved to Yosemite four years ago then I transitioned to landscape photography. And you, in Yosemite, you were working for the Ansel Adams Gallery, right? Yes, I got hired as a staff photographer at the Ansel Adams Gallery. And then two years later, I got the position education coordinator where I coordinated all of our photography classes and workshops and our private guiding. Awesome. And Brittany, just normally we do this at the end, but I'm going to say it now. How can people find you on Instagram? Because they need to definitely check out your work. Um, just underneath my name at Brittany Colt and spell Brittany just because some people spell it different yeah. B-R-I-A-N-Y and Colt as in the animal C-O-L-T awesome and y'all need to check out her work and right now Wildflowers is up too and she has some beautiful pieces in there so make sure to check those out Sean tell us a little bit about how you got into photography well Yosemite was actually what got me into photography I won a trip to Yosemite when I was 18 years old I grew up in Maryland and when I came out here, I was just blown away at the natural beauty. And so I had a friend, he actually had a little point and shoot camera with him and he wasn't using it. So I was like, can I use that? And I was just taking pictures to document our trip. And it was that trip that actually made me realize I was gonna leave my entire life behind in Maryland. And I ended up moving out to Yosemite about nine months later. But yeah, it was just wanting to basically share the beauty of Yosemite and nature with my friends and family. I wanted them to understand why I was deciding to leave Maryland and come out to California. And ever since, it's really just been a tool for me to share the beauty of nature. I love it. And this is really a cool interview for the three of us to be doing this together because we, I currently live in Yosemite, Brittany just moved and Sean also lived in Yosemite. And so it's a really, that in and of itself is very unique. And so it makes it special because the Yosemite people are a family. So to get to do this interview is just a really cool opportunity just for that too. But in Yosemite, it's funny because you almost can't take a bad photo of Yosemite, but there is still a big difference between a photo of a beautiful place and a photo of a beautiful place. And when you go and look at their work, you'll see what I mean, because the thing that I find so fascinating, and especially with Brittany's work, her eye for composition and landscape, whenever you're photographing horses or people or whatever, you can move those objects around. And with landscape, you can't, you are moving yourself around. And one of the things that I really want us to talk about is what goes into photography? Because a lot of people I don't think realize it's not, you don't just go out there and hit a button and it's not just about you buy the best equipment and you just happen to get the best shot. So can you guys speak to what goes into your profession? First of all, I'd like to follow up and say, Megan is spot on with Brittany just having such a brilliant eye for capturing the landscape, for its intimate details, for the things that are so easily overlooked. And when you come to Yosemite, it's easy just to see the big grand landscape. But the beauty of Yosemite is so much beyond the grand landscape. And Brittany is actually one of the most, you know, 
brilliant people whose work I've ever seen that shows the intimate details, the abstracts, the things that are so easy to overlook. And I just love her work for that reason. Yeah, and I don't want to diminish Sean's work either. Sean is an incredibly talented <laughs> photographer as Calgary Artists of America. Brittany's one of our members and we want to make sure we're highlighting her. But definitely Sean's work is amazing too. And he's done a lot of work with time-lapse. In fact, it's my understanding that you were kind of on the forefront of that and in getting these time-lapses in these really amazing landscapes. Is that accurate? I was pretty fortunate to get really into time-lapse around 2010 when it was a young art and it's a modern presentation of time-lapse. And so, yeah, I was able to make some beautiful films that got a lot of attention. I'm really grateful for that. And time-lapse, just like photography, it really does take an immense amount of preparation, wow. of pre-thought. And it, like you were saying, Megan, it's not like you just show up and click a button with the best camera and you're going to get great shots. There's so much vision. I think an artist's vision is really the most important aspect of making great photography. And, and so, yeah, I appreciate that you recognize that there's so much more to creating great photographs than actually just having the best gear or being at mm -hmm. the right place, even at the right time. Because you can be at the best location with incredible light. But if you don't have vision, if you don't have an artist's way of seeing the world, I don't really feel that it has the impact of an artist could have the cheapest camera and be there at the wrong time and create something mm -hmm. or capture a moment that actually can bring you to tears. Yeah, I think it might have actually been Ansel Adams that said the most important piece of your camera is the 12 inches behind it, I think. <laughs> and so, so yeah, Brittany, what about with these, like Sean was talking about with these grand landscapes, but you're finding these really intimate, intimate spots and ways of capturing that. Can you talk about what that's, what that process is like? I made an interesting challenge for myself when I moved to Yosemite. I never visited the park or anything like that. I, and made it a point before I moved not to look at anyone's photographs because I wanted to experience Yosemite through my own eyes and not through everyone else's. So I think that's what really helped me see things in a different way. I wasn't like wanting to go to tunnel view where everyone was. I liked being out in nature where I was more likely to be by myself. And that pushed my creativity in that direction of in more intimate, maybe photographing things that people wouldn't have necessarily looked at because they were distracted with the icons, El Capitan or Half Dome. And I went for more of the intimate landscapes and showing a different view of the park that no one else likes to photograph. That little tree on a cliff or beautiful ribbon fall, which no one really pays attention to. Yeah, the I think the ways in which you are photographing the work, it shows a really intimate knowledge of the land itself. It's not just like you're saying, like tunnel view. Obviously it's beautiful, it's yeah. there. Like that stop is there for yeah. a reason. But that manzanita tree that you have in wildflowers right now is just absolutely stunning. And it's still looking over that same direction. How long did it take you to find that spot? Four years. Four years. I've been fascinated with manzanita trees ever since I moved to Yosemite. I've never, they weren't where, they weren't around where I grew up. I was just surrounded by pine trees. And so when I moved to Yosemite, I saw this beautiful red bark come to life and especially rainy weather. And I, it was always my mission to find an isolated manzanita tree, which 
honestly, it's really hard to find because they grow in groups and they'll be all tangled together. And when I found that one, I was really overjoyed, but that took four years to find. And then it took another, maybe a couple months to actually get images of it that I actually liked. Yeah. What about for you, Sean, like some of these spaces that you're photographing? I know you do with your weddings, you do some of these iconic locations. You also have these like really special spots. How long do you think? I know you can't say an average, but I guess just can you speak to the time it takes to finding what you're looking for? Yeah, it's an interesting question. And like to come back to that whole idea of vision, and I think the Manzanita tree that Brittany got that incredible photograph, mm -hmm. perfect example of having a vision and realizing that it could take years or months for everything to come together into that way where it creates a really impactful, amazing photograph. For me, my approach has always been a little bit different. My approach is more, I just want to be out in nature and I want to have my camera with me. And then if something happens, then I have the ability to capture it. And so sometimes I might go hiking and I bring my camera and it never even leaves out a bag, probably mm -hmm. even most of the time. Yeah. Just having it with me and having the opportunity to capture nature's magic, things that I couldn't even envision or even dream up, but all of a sudden you're out there and it just happens. And it's like, wow, I really want to be able to capture that and share that with people. And that's definitely one place where Brittany and I really complement each other is she has this ability to envision things and has the perseverance and the dedication to see that vision through where I'm more responding to the landscape, responding to the, the conditions. And then if something moves me, I love to be able to capture that. And sometimes that can mean not even getting a photo for months at a time, <laughs> even though you hike out and go all these miles and climb mountains and <laughs> come back with nothing. But I just love being in nature. So really, it's not that I come back with nothing because I'm coming back enriched by the time in nature. Yeah. And so I think the thing to me in getting to know y'all is seeing that for that one photo, whether it's like you're responding or you're like creating ahead of time, the amount of time that goes into just being in the space and looking yeah. and being aware. You think that just in your daily life, being a photographer, that you see the world differently, that you're just on, are, are you always on with that like compositional brain or are you, do you zone out on your hikes too? Do you think, cause I think some people just, they are like, they want to do the physical activity and they maybe don't actually take in all of the detail, big or small. Do you think that you're constantly looking for that? For me personally, when I'm out hiking, it's always about the journey than the destination. And I do keep a lookout for different compositions all the time. So it's about really, for me, just to be out in nature and enjoy nature. Yeah, and it's similar for me. It's it's hard for me not to be in nature and at least have that curiosity of, ooh, is that a composition? Yeah, I do find myself, and I think even more than composition, for me, it's light. It's just looking for the light because light can make the most mundane subject brilliant like an incredible composition without the right light can be like it's all right but i am whenever i'm in nature constantly just open aware trying to sense into the landscape and looking for the light and then when the light and the composition come together it's just magic yeah i want to interject here for people listening in case you hear a random beeping i'm hoping that our 
interview is not picking that up, but Sean and Brittany are getting ready to head out to do a photo shoot. And I stopped my dishwasher and it's very unhappy with me right now. So I do apologize if that is coming in through this video, because I think that this conversation is such a good conversation. We were talking yesterday too, about the ways in which people are capturing landscapes in in terms of realism or in terms of like more fantasy. And it's interesting because as you were saying yesterday, sometimes people who haven't spent really time in nature maybe don't know the difference and people, it starts blurring the lines. And so with photography, can you tell us a little bit about um, composites and just different ways that people might capture a landscape and then tell us what your approach to that is? Yeah, so a lot of people, especially modern photographers nowadays who do composites, which has a lot to do with focal length stacking. So you start out with a wide and get your foreground and then you put on, I don't know, a 24 to 70 or even in some extreme cases, 100 to 400. And so you can get the mountains huge while getting a beautiful foreground. So that's been a lot of uh, artists' way of capturing the landscape. Um how I think about it is really up to them. Art is art and at the end of the day. That's not how I like to photograph at all. I like to just photograph what I see. So I don't know, how do you feel about composites? And I have learned to accept it. <laughs> yeah, It is an interesting topic because I feel both sides of kind of the situation. I grew up, I learned how to photograph shooting film. And uh, so even before Photoshop and stuff, it was all about just capturing what you can. And of course, capturing it means capturing it in the way the camera sees it, because that is different than how we see it. But as somebody introduced to photography through film, I did grow an appreciation and love of how cameras capture reality. And so kind of the modern era ushered in and people started doing composites and focal length stacking and putting things together or taking a photo of this sky and putting it with this landscape. At first, honestly, part of me was really sad because it felt like even though photography hasn't ever really been a completely accurate way of showing how we see the world because it's different than how we as humans see it, there was at least some sense of looking at a photograph and realizing, wow, that was a moment. That actually happened. That was a real moment. And so when composite photography really started to take off, there was a part of me that felt a death a death of the ability to look at a photograph and trust that it was a camera's perspective on a real moment. And it was hard, but at the same time, I would look at the art people were making with composite photography. Some of it is incredibly beautiful and inspiring. And so I did have to go through a death process of accepting photography as, shall we say, somewhat documentary even though it does see things different than we do as humans and look at it more as modern photography and especially digital photography as an art form of its own. And so from that perspective, there are some people who do composite work that I think are absolutely brilliant. And I look at their work and I'm like, oh my God, I'm just moved and I feel emotions. And then I look at some people doing it and it just seems like it's almost taken so extreme that it looks silly or goofy sometimes. It's almost funny to say that and I don't want to put anybody down, but I do feel like modern composite photography, almost like any art, subtlety is key. Because when you can approach it with a subtlety and 
not make people when people look at the image they they just feel emotion their head doesn't kick in and think oh that must be fake then i appreciate that but when you look at an image and it's obvious right away oh my god that's composite that's so fake nature would never look like that to me it takes away from the experience it doesn't activate the emotions in the same way and for me i come to the point where i accept composite photography i even appreciate some of it immensely but I also see a lot of it done in a way where it's, oh, that just, the first thing I think is fake. It's not, there's no emotion, there's no moment. It's just, oh, that's fake, whatever, boom, move along. <laughs> yeah, I think it's, I think for people who don't know about all the things that can be done with photography, I feel like there can be some ways in which we label work that is helpful to people. So people understand what they're looking at so that they don't feel like they were tricked or something. And I think that's coming up. I don't want to digress into this, but just generally, I think that's coming up as we're moving into more AI and more digital things. The yeah. ways in which we make sure that we're being authentic about how we are presenting the work that we're doing, I think is very important. And I think or with the composite photography, that takes so much work. Obviously, there's a ton of end on the post-production, mm -hmm. but when you're not doing that, it seems to me, and you can correct me if I'm wrong, that there's a whole lot more work about making sure that you are getting it right in the moment because you're not going to like you for sure you can go into Photoshop and do a little post-production, but you're not going to be able to, you're not stitching things together to make it look the way you want. No, to be honest, I like to be outside more than I do like to be behind my computer. So I try to minimize as much editing as possible and really streamline my process. Yeah, I I, I don't want our, for artists to do composites and stuff. I admire that art form because they are really getting into the computer and really spending hours on just one image. But on the same token, I just want to be outside. That's where I find my creativity and my inspiration is being outside. And so that's where I come from. Is I don't want to be hours on the computer just editing one photo. Yeah, but you're going to be hours and hours out there doing it, getting that shot, taking that time. And we haven't even talked about the effort that goes into hiking into some of these places. You guys talked about last night hiking, trying to hike into somewhere and getting into like snow that's up to your hips and then that's not counting your pack so what is that carrying your equipment and getting out into these spaces definitely as soon as you put a camera bag on your back everything's different because <laughs> <laughs> they are heavy it's a lot of equipment and but like for example last night we hiked a few hours to get up to a location that we thought could be awesome i didn't take a single photograph it just wasn't there the light wasn't there the moment wasn't there but it was still an incredible experience just because we got to be out in nature. And I feel like, especially for nature photography, if you don't have a love for being in nature in and of itself, you're just setting yourself up for the potential of disappointment. If the only reason you're going out for is to capture an image because you want that image or you want the recognition that could come from that image, sure, it might happen sometimes. You might create magic or capture magic. But I feel like if you don't, have a baseline appreciation for being in nature and having that be the most important aspect, then you're setting yourself up for more disappointment if things don't come together, if you can't make it happen and you hiked all that way. We just love to hike. And so it's like, if we don't get an image, no, no worries. It's awesome. Where we went up to yesterday, we got up to the edge of a cliff. There was a partially frozen waterfall. We're just like looking at it in awe. And it didn't have any light on it. It wasn't something that was going to make a great photograph.
but still just getting to be there, getting to see it, getting to feel it. There'd be ice chunks that would come over the waterfall. You'd hear the rumbling and there's a little amphitheater. So it would echo throughout. To me, those experiences are priceless. You're just getting to have that. And when we get to create photographs and places like that, it's just like the icing on the cake. It's wow. We got to have that amazing experience and create a beautiful piece of art. But I'm with Brittany. I, the experience is more important. And being able to create art and photographs, while incredibly satisfying, is still second to actually just experiencing the nature. Yeah, I think there has been, especially with Instagram things, and people are getting to see the beautiful photos that people like you are making. And there's like this impulse to be a consumer of nature and to make it a commodity and go out and I want to go into this place and I want to take this picture. And it's with what is being called Firefall, the Horsetail Falls event happening right now. Mass amounts of people going in and standing on riverbanks and collapsing them. Or I know sometimes you guys will post photos and somebody will just say, hey, where is that? And they're not thinking about the fact that it took you four years to find that tree. And I've seen a lot of photographers talking about also not sharing some of these places because it's not about commodifying this like natural world. It's about going in and being a part of it. And that, like you're saying that the photo is secondary, but we need to respect these places. Do y'all have any thoughts about that? Yeah. Yeah. Living in the national park, especially Yosemite with all the traffic we get through the park, I really witnessed firsthand people just going out and just respecting, walking where they weren't supposed to just for a photograph. And when I was teaching for the Ansel Adams Gallery, I always had a segment about restoration and respecting the park as photographers, because honestly, we can always change our lens. We can always do something else other than walking to that meadow where you're not supposed to walk in. And I think for me personally, being an educator, I loved spreading that awareness because a lot of people come to the park and not even aware or even educated about keeping just out of the meadows or don't go too close to the bear and just different stuff like that. I just think that as photographers, it is our responsibility to take care of the natural landscape and so we can preserve it for future generations. That's what Ansel Adams was all about. That's why he got hired for the National Park Service to go out and photograph different wild landscapes. And I feel like we both have that passion about bringing that beautiful natural landscape to people's homes so they can appreciate it, but also spread that awareness about preservation. Yeah. And I have to, so as you guys know, I was doing part-time work for Friends of USR. So I have to give a little PSA too about the fact that sometimes people come into these places and they think, oh, it's a park like Disneyland and it's safe and I can do whatever I want. And they don't follow signs and they think a helicopter can rescue them no matter where they are. And that's just absolutely not the case. People coming in, they're like, oh, I'm going to go stand above that waterfall and get a picture. The likelihood of you going over that waterfall is really high. And there's not a chance for survival going over waterfall. You're just not, it's not. And so one of the things that y'all are doing is you're starting this, this new business to take people out and help guide them through this process of going out safely. And you're going to know the space and you're going to know how to respect the space and then giving them that education for the camera. And so it's not just, it's not just you're going out to get this picture. You are actually sharing your expertise as people who have been in these environments and know how to navigate it safely. So can y'all, can you tell everybody a little bit about y'all's new joint business venture? 
Sure. And one thing, so our new business venture is called Outdoor Photo Experience. And we're offering people anything from private workshops and private guiding to online mentoring to group workshops that we'll do a few times a year. And one thing that we've noticed is that, especially in the age of social media, it's almost like photography in general, not even just of landscapes, has become a commodity. And like you were saying, Megan, and at this point, we see so many beautiful, if you're a social media user, you'll see so many beautiful photographs every day. It's almost easy to get desensitized to, to the magic of photography because we can just see a thousand incredible images in a single session of scrolling through Instagram. And as social media has become more a part of our lives and as we've gotten exposed to such vast amounts of really good photography, what Brittany and I have realized is that one of the most important aspects to us around photography is the experience, is being out in nature. Even if you don't get a thousand Instagram likes, maybe you get 10, maybe you get zero, maybe you don't even post it at all, but just the ability to be out in nature, to have an amazing experience, we feel is more important than ever. And so we want to offer people that opportunity to be able to get out into nature with people who know a landscape intimately. We want to share our love of not only photography, but the nature as well, because we feel like the experiences are more important than ever in a world where you can just pick up a phone and see the most brilliant photography you've ever seen any day of the week. Yeah, that's so true. And like you were talking about going into that space yesterday where you didn't get a picture, but the, it's all these incredible experiences. And even if you are looking at that picture, it is so different from being there and experiencing it. And I think like we were talking about this yesterday in this world that is becoming highly digital, uh, finding ways to help people get back because we were made to be in nature. We really were. Absolutely. And so when we're missing that, we're missing a huge chunk of things. Brittany, do you have, what are, what do you think are the most misunderstood things people most misunderstand about photography or photographers? That photography is easy. That anyone can take a photo. Working at the Ansel Adams Gallery definitely opened my eyes to that. People look at an Ansel Adams photo. Oh, I can do that. Or I can do better than that with my cell phone. And it always made me laugh a little inside. Is you know, photography is hard. Like Sean was saying, right time of day, right time of light, you could be out in the most beautiful location, but you still might not be able to get anything. Just like last night, we hiked how many miles? Like only two miles, and it took us three hours, and it was a difficult hike. And I didn't even think about, wow, I didn't get an image. I just thought about, well, that was a fun experience with pretty rad people. But yeah, I would say like photography is easy. I want to debunk that. Is it is difficult. I'm not a painter where I can take liberties. I can move this tree or I can arrange this in a certain way. I can't. I'm just working with what that is before me my subjects before me and if the light's right and all that and that's one of the things that yeah i want to debunk photography is not easy <laughs> yeah and you guys after you listen to this seriously go check her photos out on instagram because it really does always astound me that i'll see something she's posted i know where it's at and i'm like that is a totally different view and the ability to mold a landscape is really takes an a different way of looking at the world because she's not moving that landscape, but her images make it feel that's what's happening. It's really incredible. Sean, what do you think are some myths you'd like to de debunk about photography or photographers? I don't know. I don't know. 
But I do want to follow up and say, especially with Brittany's ability to capture the landscape in unique ways, not everybody will know this, but Brittany's actually blind in one eye. And I feel like that's been really an interesting part of her story into how she sees things that I think most people miss. Because that's one of my favorite aspects of her photography in particular is that she just sees scenes and it's never saw that. I was standing right next to her. And then I see the art she produces is, oh my God, look at that. It's so cool. And I think being blind in one eye is definitely, it makes Brittany see the world different than most of us do. And I just, I feel so grateful that she's able to capture that vision as an artist and share it with people because it's a gift. It's a gift to community to be able to see nature the way she does. But then as far as like debunking myths related to photography, I do feel like especially now that everybody has a camera in their cell phone. Basically, everybody has a camera in their pocket now. And the cameras are, the cell phones are really good these days. And so it is easy to think that photography as an art is probably more approachable than I think is the reality. Because it takes a lot of time and dedication to not only learn the craft of seeing how your camera sees so that your camera can actually become an extension of you so that when you're actually out in nature, you understand the way the camera sees and then you can adjust your own vision to be able to be in really close harmony with your tool, with your camera to be able to capture the beauty of nature. And I, I think it's just so easy to think like Brittany was saying, oh, I can do that. My cell phone camera is awesome. It's HDR and everything. But there's so much more to photography than that. And I, I also agree that it takes time. It really takes time. Not only is our modern world exposed us to so much photography, but in a lot of ways, it has made a lot of things easier in all aspects of life. But photography, I feel like, yes, it's given a higher baseline. The average person can go out and create better photos than they've ever been able to create in any time in history, literally with their right out of their pocket. But I think to go to the next level, to really take it a step further, it's way harder than most people think. And it takes not only a dedication to learning the art, but also time. It just takes time. It takes time to be able to understand your camera, to be able to understand your computer, what's possible with the files, and then how you can translate your own vision, your own take on life and nature through these mediums in a way that's um, fulfilling as an artist. Yeah, and that's something that we try to promote a lot at CGA is just appreciating where you are in that journey because no matter what the medium you are working in, it is a journey and you don't just pick it up and be an expert. You can even be really talented and pick it up and be really talented naturally, but to become an expert, to become really where you can really handle whatever the medium you're working in, um, takes that time. And the other thing I kind of want to say for anybody, maybe they're listening and thinking like, oh, I want to learn more. Maybe I'd like to take classes with y'all, but I don't have good equipment. But something that I found interesting on my end from somebody who might be at the level that they want to take a class with y'all, which you do all levels, I realize. But so from my perspective is, I started out with really inexpensive equipment, a kit lens. And like, I just, I went out and I shot all the time and I got to where I was at, for my knowledge, like the max capacity for what that equipment could do. And then my second shot for a wedding photographer and got to use her equipment. I was like, oh my gosh, this totally took it to the next level. But I could have not done all that shooting and used her equipment and not been where I was. And so just, I guess, encouraging people to learn the limits of the equipment that they have, that they can push it and like still develop those skills and then 
start adding equipment that's going to help help them go to the next level because equipment can be limiting. There's only so much you can do with your iPhone or your point and shoot or whatever yeah. it is, but you can develop so many skills on that basic equipment and that can be a big part of your journey. Exactly. I've always told my students to start with the most basic because it's easier to learn and how you learned Megan was perfect. Starting with the basics and then when you felt like you outgrew that camera, then, you know, you chose a different one. You picked up another one. Wow, I can actually have my creativity come to life. If you start out with too much of a camera, you will never be able to operate that camera. And I encourage my students, think creative first, technical last. I'm not a technical guru. Yeah, it's a huge part of photography, but I like to put my creativity first. But in order to do that, you've got to get really good with the technical at first and you're going to fail. You're going to fail so many times before you actually get an image that you liked. And when I moved to Yosemite, I didn't create an image that I liked until six months later. And I was great with the technical, but it had a lot of other factors, like getting familiar with the landscape and all that. Photography just doesn't, you don't just pick up a camera and create art. It takes time. It takes patience. It takes making so many failures before you can get an image that you actually would like to show the world. And starting out with a beginner camera is a great way to learn photography because even the camera that I started out on, I look back at some of those images and I still love them. They're great images. And I was getting all, I looked at my failures instead of looking at it like, oh, I have such a crappy photographer I look at it and I look and it actually makes me feel good like starting where I came from to where I am now it's wow I progressed really well I progressed super fast over the last 15 years of photography it's appreciating those failures because that's when we're learning and that's the most important part about it yeah don't be afraid to fail if there was any piece of advice I was to give I would give to somebody who's either new to or already well into their journey as a photographer. Don't be afraid to fail because that's where you learn. That's where you grow. That's where you see limitations. And then you develop the creativity to be able to move beyond those limitations. But if you're not, not pushing yourself, if you're staying comfortable, if you're staying in a certain zone, you're not going to be expanding what's possible. And please don't be afraid to fail. Embrace it. Love it. Because that is really going to help you grow as an artist. Yeah. And so can you tell everybody, in case anybody's interested in, oh, I really want to learn more. Can you tell us a little bit about the specific services that you as individuals or for your photo experience that you are offering? Right now we're offering private workshops where you get one-on-one -on -one time with us and then private mentoring online that we have that option as well because we understand people can't come to Bishop or come to Yosemite or whatever. And so that's an option. And if you need editing help, that's why we provided that online mentoring. Editing is such a huge part of photography and bringing your image to life. So I wanted to make sure we offered that as well as doing group workshops, as Sean mentioned prior. Uh, and the reason why I love group workshops is the community. Photography can be such a loner art form. A lot of photographers just go out by themselves. But what I'm really passionate about and like what Sean and I have become really passionate about is creating a community that's positive and with no competition. Photography can be really competitive. And I've felt competitive energy a lot from other fellow photographers. I don't want anything to do with that. And that's why group workshops are very special because you create a beautiful community and then come out of it with friends. Yeah, community over competition. The, especially online, photography has become 
competitive, competitive for likes, competitive for views, competitive for attention. But ultimately, if that's not important to you, if just trying to create art, trying to be in nature is something that you value more than getting likes or recognition, we wanted to create a space where people can come and and be in a supportive community while also being in incredible nature in specific locations that are wonderful for landscape photography. And all of our group workshops are designed around times to be optimized for being able to create wonderful images. And so that's something we love. And then outside of that, I also offer, I shoot adventure elopements and intimate weddings in Yosemite and beyond. That is something that, um, I find being able to capture people in these magical landscapes is something that I've really fallen in love with. And Brittany also offers portraits. And it's really wonderful as a photographer, at least from my perspective, to be able to not only just shoot landscapes, but to be able to capture people too. Because I know that since I started shooting portraits, my landscape photography just got so much better. I never would have imagined that, especially since I started with landscape first. I was like, how can portraits help my landscape photography? But it's really just helping you see. It all comes back to vision. When you photograph people, you're starting to see the landscape in a whole new way. You're starting to see the people in the landscape in a whole new way. And I feel like both landscape photography has helped my portrait work and shooting portraits has helped my landscape work. And it's a beautiful synthesis. Yeah. And one thing that I'll, I can't give you all a review because I haven't done a workshop with you, but the thing I can review you as friends is, and have go having gone out with Brittany, that I really appreciate about y'all is that there really is that community aspect and like just very encouraging and not there's no it's not like a high pressure you're wanting to help people work where they are and so I think even somebody who's just getting interested or maybe they don't have a lot of experience outdoors or whatever that you guys aren't the type of people that are like putting high pressure it's very laid back experience and just really about about engaging with each other and engaging with the landscape. And so I think people who might be intimidated, especially would be, y'all would be great for people to go out with because it's not that high pressure. And so I think that change and making it more accessible to people is a really awesome way to open that opportunity to more people who might feel like they're a little intimidated by it. And on the other hand, like somebody who is wants to get really serious, both of you are incredible photographers and have so much experience. So I think that the opportunities that y'all are giving are really awesome. Oh, thank you, Megan. Yeah. I just want to say that once you put that pressure on yourself as a photographer, it's harder to make art. Just have fun, go out there. And that's what I, Sean and I love to get a group of people together, just our friends and all different skill levels and just having fun. Because once you start having fun, that's when you can really create art. And I think that's highly important. It's, I feel like as photographers, we put so much pressure on ourselves to create amazing art every time we go out. And But I don't work well with that pressure. I never end up with anything. And it's very disappointing that something else I had to learn through my own artist journey is don't put that pressure. Yeah, sure, I went and hiked several hours last night and didn't get anything. I wasn't disappointed. It was just a really cool experience. Yeah, just don't have that pressure on yourselves and just have fun. Yeah. And some people think, oh, if I don't put that pressure on myself, then I'm not actually trying. And that's not true. You can really push yourself and your limits and your creativity without putting a negative type of pressure on yourself. Motivation does not need to be accompanied with expectation. It can be independent. And I know 
a lot of people just put expectations on themselves. I need to get good quick. I need to be able to get these images fast. I need to be able to feel like I'm progressing at a certain speed, but it, it, it's just not true. There's no need to put those expectations on yourself and you can still be highly motivated, highly interested in growing as an artist, as a photographer, without putting the pressure on yourself that you need to get to a certain point by a certain time or create a certain image or anything like that. It really is. I mean, it's an incredible opportunity to have fun. I feel like photography is such a fun way to just interact with the landscape. Hiking's fun too. I love it. I even enjoy rock climbing and things like that. But photography is just another avenue to be able to have fun and explore time in nature. Yeah. Yeah. You've got to, you've got to enjoy the journey, not just for photographers, but for all artists, because we can put a lot of pressure on ourselves in ways that are just ultimately detrimental. Absolutely. Oh, Sean, before I forget, tell everybody how they can find you. So if you, um, my website is seanreader.com and Brittany's website is brittanycolt.com. And then just like her name at Instagram, it's just my name at Instagram at Sean Reader, S-H-A-W-N-R-E-E-D-E-R. And then Outdoor Photo Experience is the website that we've, outdoorphotoexperience.com is the website that we've created for our new venture together. And uh, yeah, we just want to thank you, Megan, for having us here. And it's been really wonderful to talk with you. And we love your art. And so it's like kind of an honor to be interviewed by you for this. And so thank you so much. Thanks for, yeah. Thanks so much for being on on the podcast. Any parting words of wisdom or anything you want to leave the group with? Enjoy the journey with less focus on the destination. Awesome. Creative first, technical last. (laughs) (laughs) Thanks, guys. Thank you.